Have you ever had someone pull a fast one on you while traveling? That's what happened to us in the fashion-forward city of Milan. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Welcome to Travel FOMO. I'm Jamin Howden, and I'm here with my haughty wife, Hillary. <laughs> Thanks for reading the script so well. <laughs> That's awesome. If you have been liking what you've heard so far from us, uh, take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast from wherever you're listening. Oh, man, I love that. Well, we have been taking our listeners across the pond to England and Italy, and today we are talking about our 24-hour stop in Milan. Pack your bags. We're headed for Milan. (laughs) Let's go, guys. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome being there. Like, it was really short, so yeah. we were just there like 24 hours. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think at one point we'd even talked about, like, flying in, just getting straight on the train and going to Rome, because that's where, like, that was the intent of, of us going to Italy was really Rome. Right. Um, but we ended up working Milan in as a stop, and I'm really glad that we did. Um, it ended up being awesome. I loved it there. Right, yeah. I didn't know... Um, I didn't really have a lot of thoughts towards it. Like, I was kind of, like, indifferent. I thought it would be much more of a fashion-centric stop for us, and it really wasn't. It was all the culture, and um, we jumped into a lot of other stuff, which I loved. Uh, I loved everything we did in Milan, so. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. So we we ended up there by uh, way of airplane, so we flew in. We actually flew from Liverpool. Right. So we had just been in northwestern England. We'd been in a Houghton Tower and then Lancaster. Um, if you didn't listen to the last couple episodes, go back and catch those. There's some cool stuff there. But we yeah. dropped off our rental car at Liverpool, hopped on a plane, and flew over to Milan. It was a great, like, flight. It was, yeah. like, three and a half hours. Like, nothing bad. We did Ryanair, so it was really affordable. Mm-hmm. And in and out of the airports pretty easily. And then train into kind of the city center of Milan. And Which, on that note, the city center... Um, the the train system is really easy, um, really helpful, mm-hmm. and I yeah. believe I downloaded the app, and it was just it was no a no brainer, super easy, not a big deal. It really was, and given that we were like going to be in Italy and everything was going to be in a different language and all of that, I think there like we had a little apprehension about like this might be a little tougher to get around, mm-hmm. but it was great. Like yeah. it was great the whole the whole experience was, right. but we checked into our Airbnb and then that night I remember we were really looking forward to dinner. Yeah. Because it was like my first time in Italy. Right. So kind of my first opportunity to eat Italian food in Italy and really do it upright. Uh, We were excited to be there. Like we had just left England where it was a little cold and damp and now we were in like more of a summer environment in Italy all excited for dinner and we had looked online and found this place called Papa Francesco's. Yeah. A really cool restaurant. They had like Highly a whole recommended. Yeah. And... Everybody on Yelp loved it. And they have this like thing that they're famous for and that they bring out table side, this huge wheel of cheese, put fresh pasta on it and stir it around. I think they pour a little bit of alcohol on there and light it on fire so that the cheese melts and they get all this fresh cheese on the pasta, put it right on your plate and then serve it to you. And they kind of make a big deal of it 
Papa Francesco himself is the one that comes out and does it. It's like a whole, like it's a whole thing, right? right. Like that's their, that's their deal. Yeah. Super entertaining. I mean, charming. Like, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. So we were super excited about it. I already knew that's what I'm ordering. So like, I don't even, I'm not even going to need a menu. I know like I want the Papa Francesco song and dance around the pasta with the wheel of cheese. <laughs> so you call and you make a reservation. Right. And Which was kind of crazy because they're like speaking all Italian and I'm trying to, I could tell I had the right, right place, but they were, they only spoke Italian and I still, we still managed to get a reservation. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I remember that now. Like, yeah, you were like, it was a little bit of a process to get the reservation right. over the phone, but you did it. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, we got to wait a little while for our time for our reservation. So we get ready and we walk around some. We finally end up in the area where Papa Francesco's is. It's almost time for our reservation. And we walk up to where it is. And there's the all this like kind of outdoor seating. So there is a restaurant, but there's a lot of patio space with a bunch of tables out there. Right. And so we're kind of Which hoping... Which is really common in Italy. And so yeah. you see that a lot along the streets, um, along that street even. Uh, you saw a lot of um, outdoor um, eateries, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we were, we were hoping for an outside table anyway. Like it was a a great night, like beautiful weather. And so as we're walking up, a guy walks up and here for dinner. And I'm like, yeah, like Pop Francesco's. Yeah. Yeah. Come, come, come. Yeah. I go, we have reservations. And he goes, yes, yes. Come this way, this way. Here's your table. And then you said like, we're Hillary, our red, and I think you said our reservation time, like eight o'clock or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Come this here, sit. And so we sit down at this table, and I'm, I kind of think to myself, I'm like, it's odd. Like we got ushered in very quickly, very friendly, very quickly. It right. all happened so fast. And I hadn't really said the name on our reservation, but it was clear when we called that you had to have one. And I was like, huh, I'm, I, I, I don't we know. Must, we must be the obvious English speakers that <laughs> right, called yeah, in earlier. Right, yeah, like the strange <laughs> people that called earlier. So we sit down, and it, it's kind of this odd feeling of like some, like something's a little bit of a miss. Right. But we're like, you know, we're in a foreign country, so maybe you know, like maybe we're just overthinking it. We order a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And they bring out a bottle, like the bottle of wine. We're looking over the menu. Yeah, we've got the menu, and the menu looks strange. Like I'm having trouble finding the dish that I knew was like the like the secret dish. And I'm like, you would think that they would like really pump it up on the menu, like it would be like prominently featured. This right. is their deal. And, and there's no reference to Papa himself, which I thought was odd too. Right, right. They open our bottle of wine and. Suddenly we realize that we are not at Papa Francesco's. No. We are at the place right next door to Papa Francesco's. Close enough to smell his wheel of cheese. Yes. But so, not yet. <laughs> right. We are so close that I can actually, I can physically touch a table from my seat. I can reach over and touch a table at Papa Francesco's. But the but thing that I... you can't order that food. <laughs> yeah. The thing I can't do is order the food or interact with Papa Francesco. <laughs> and so we end up ordering food. 
And we are set there the whole time. And I feel like everyone else ordered that pasta dish from Papa Francesco. So we've got this whole restaurant just to, it was just to my left, your right, full of people. They're all celebrating. Every two minutes, Papa Francesco is coming out with his card and this massive wheel of cheese doing his little (laughs) dance and everyone's clapping and cheering and high-fiving and having the best meals of their life. And meanwhile, we're stuck next door, like having been swindled into this place and ushered Uh. in by this skeevy guy that works next door and this place they had set it up like to do this like yes that's the thing that really got me too is i realized this is their game because they like the awning on their restaurant looked exactly the same the tables that they had like they bought chairs and tables that were like papa francesco's their place settings were very very similar Mm -hmm. like they had done everything that you could tell the entrance to the patio section was literally it almost looked like one entrance to one um one restaurant and in reality it was one on the left and then right right there was the other entrance and it all looked like one big entrance but it wasn't yeah it was not yeah and they they pulled the old switcheroo Mm -hmm. on us they just happened to be fast enough to get to us right before papa francesco's team did yeah and i like i ordered lasagna that I'm pretty sure was like Stover's like oven baked like frozen <laughs> lasagna, probably from the United States shipped over there and that they threw in the microwave. That's um, funny. I don't. Do you remember what you got? I do because once I realized the error, I was like, okay, what what would be a um, just a really good go to? And I'd already been reading up about Milanese risotto. And so that's what I ended up getting. And, um, and it was fine. It was, it was fine. It wasn't like I've had better Italian meals in (laughs) America. So that's like the only thing. And I was just like still stewing. I was pretty, pretty upset. And I really was really kicking myself for sticking around and not like not telling them, no, y'all were dishonest. We're leaving. Yeah. I like, we should have just done that. I think. I, I don't know why we didn't. Honestly, at one point toward the end of our meal, I saw someone walk up and Papa Francesco's out there and he, and this person is walking up off the street and they're like, Papa Francesco's? And he's, si, si, Papa Francesco. And <laughs> like, and they go, are they like, this is the place? And si, si, these, these. And they point to the tables kind of in the section where we are in the other, like the imposter restaurant. <laughs> And they're like, are they all the same? He goes, no, tobacco shop, tobacco shop. <laughs> he just looked like the most disgusted look on his face. And I'm like, yep, this we're at the cigarette shop instead of Papa Francesco's. And at that point, I was ready to just like turn tables over and <laughs> like yell at someone. I really want to tell you about this great new thing I found. Every time I bring it on a trip, I'm so glad I did. It saves money, makes life easier, and I'm better looking because of it. The only catch is, I haven't found it yet. So if your product can make our lives better, let's talk. Because we want to know and we want to share. 
all that aside, we know how to, we do know how to eat. We do know what good food is like. And yeah. we found a really good gelato shop nearby. Yes, we did. And we saw a lot of it even in Rome. Um, I can't remember the name of this uh, chain, but um, it's really well done. And the line, you know, we got in line just in time, but um, the line just kept growing all night long. And you can, it's so fascinating with Italy because everyone eats there so late. And everyone goes out for dessert after that. And it is just a long night is, is what it looks like. And so, I mean, it was pretty late at night and we just had the longest line uh, in this going outside of the gelato shop. It was just going all the way across the street. And um, it was really entertaining to see all those people um, and just the liveliness of the nightlife in Italy yeah. is so fun. And so um, that was one of my uh, favorite moments really was, you know, us just hanging out in this chocolate shop and um, and seeing all the people come through and, and then making our way to the Duomo, um, which all of this is right there. So Right. One, we highly recommend Papa Francesco's. Didn't get to eat there, but I do believe, like, by the according to the reviews, it's great. Just yeah. don't accidentally eat next door. It's amazing. You should go and you should, like, post and tell us how how good it is. Yes, we'd love to know. And then, um, and then you know, the uh, gelato shop was great. There are lots of great gelato shops. Um, but all of that is then right next to the Galleria and the Duomo, which are huge. And you're gonna hit that up if you're if you're in Milan yeah. anyway. So um, what we didn't know is how much we would enjoy seeing the Duomo at night. Oh, it was incredible, wasn't it? So cool. It's amazing um, how it just, all of that architecture just popped. You know, it was very well lit, very well done. Um, and it was a very lively place to be. And so between that and the dark sky and then this majestic, very well lit um, cathedral, it was just really um amazing yeah, yeah it looks so cool at night it like the the lights they have on and it's it's white anyway because mm-hmm. of like the marble that it's made out of and it was just so cool and uh, just a massive square in yeah. front of it just full of people which was cool too because everybody was there just hanging out and yeah just sitting just on the enjoying steps the of night the Duomo. Like, yeah. yeah and i i honestly the more i think back about the different duomos i've seen it's my favorite by far it is yeah. very beautiful um and then you know we kind of made our way through the galleria and of course it's all lit up at night and um you really need, if you don't know about the galleria you need to look it up um because it is where a lot of famous designers have different shops and um and of course milan is very well known for the fashion world and so it is very iconic um to take photos inside the galleria and um so we kind of made our way through there and it was there's a lot of music we're hearing all these people people are bumping into us there's just so much happening and come to find out in the very center of the galleria was this huge they turned it into this huge dance floor and there were all these couples dancing and dancing around um and it was just it was packed it was so festive so fun um and yeah that really was a fun way to end the night was to get to be around all the liveliness of Milan at night. Yeah, that was so cool to see and like dancing like that, that in in the U.S. you don't really see like outside of like a wedding, mm-hmm. you don't really see anything like that where it's just this this big like right in the middle of the gallery, all of these people, I mean, like 
like a hundred couples. Like there were oh, a bunch of people, yeah, like dancing, dancing, and it was like it was really cool. Like you said, very festive and a great like a great first night in in Italy. Yeah, that was awesome. So then the next day, um, we got to see even more of Milan. Yeah, absolutely. We checked out of our Airbnb because we were only there one night. And we ended up uh, going to the train station and finding a locker to put our bags in. Mm -hmm. Because we had booked a walking tour for the next day. And uh, so glad that we did that. Yeah, man. um, It's so easy to do. And I think people sometimes they don't know exactly what to do with their bags but there are lots of lockers you can rent just for a few hours and you can leave your bags there and that was um perfect for us because we did i mean we kind of had to pack for two different types of climate we had the sunny skies of italy and we just come from the colder weather in england yeah yeah so we drop our bags off we take that uh walking tour and it was a tour of the duomo so we got to have a uh a guide tell us about the Duomo kind of explain it and actually take us into it and walk us through some of the art inside of it mm-hmm. and I remember like one of the one of the things that still sticks out to me and really like from the whole trip like England Italy like on into like not only Milan but into Rome and the Vatican like all of it was seeing the sculpture of St. Bartholomew flayed uh, that's in like and it's kind of tucked back Amazing. in the corner Yes. Amazing. It is. It is tucked away where you would think people wouldn't even know it was a big deal. Yeah. But it it is an incredible statue. And so the story behind St. Bartholomew is that he was uh, persecuted. He was an apostle and <clears throat> and he was persecuted for his beliefs to the point where he was actually skinned alive. And so the artist uh, portrays him essentially after being skinned like he's but he's standing and he's draped in what was his skin and you can see it and actually on the back of the statue so he's wrapped in what was his skin is his face oh that's crazy and it like that statue just blew me away it was it yeah. was incredible. It, it, it was truly amazing. In fact, I would recommend that everyone pause for a second and just Google St. Bartholomew Flayed. And it's a sculpture, like he was just saying. Um, you really should take a look at it. And better yet, um, check it out on our Instagram account or you know our social media pages because uh, we'll post a picture that we took. Because we were just, um, it. it is jaw-dropping and I can't believe I've never heard of it before. Yeah. By far, um, one of the most amazing pieces of art that I have seen somebody capable of doing. Well, at that moment, I really appreciated being on a tour because I think I would have seen it and thought, wow, that's um, that's an incredible sculpture. But that just look like that man looks strange. Like, I don't know why he looks like that. But having someone explain what it is and what's going on then you realize like wow it's incredible it's really incredible so I definitely appreciated being on that tour for like for that part of it yeah and then uh also in the Duomo they have and you don't get to see it but they point it out to you like they have a nail from uh Jesus's cross Mm -hmm. uh that they keep there uh in a in a special place like it's up high and and they 
point to like you see that little red spot up there that's where it's kept and they bring it down every so often to let people see it but um only... do you think it's really a nail from i mean i don't i don't i don't it's hard for me to believe that that someone like held on to that nail just like pragmatically that like someone went back to the cross and and got the nail like i because if you're you know if if you read the story of the bible like the biblical account all of his disciples have kind of fled all of his followers believe that he has died like they're kind of crushed so i don't see any of his followers being like hey let's go get the nails off of the cross like i don't see any of them wanting to keep it i also don't see any of like like the roman soldiers like they're just executing another person i don't see them keeping it like the religious leaders that had him put to death like i don't see them wanting to keep mm. so i don't know how it would have been preserved so i don't yeah that's tough to say but right yeah I yeah just had to ask <laughs> but the like the tour guide the tour guide was a lot of fun uh, yeah, we went, great tour. Like, uh, and, they, it, and the the tour was not just the um, the Duomo; right. it was really um, hit up several places within the city. Yeah, they took us through the Galleria, mm-hmm. and there's uh, <clears throat> there's actually it's kind of funny. There's that um, in the tiles in the floor. There's a bowl, and the like. If you spin around on your, if you put your heel on the the bowl's place <laughs> testicles <laughs> and spin three that times was a really long pause <laughs> i was trying to think of like the best word for it but uh, you like cleaned it up with like a more medical term so that's great um i like but you put your heel on it and you spin around three times then you'll like leave and you'll return back like happier and healthier or something like that it's, something like it's a like a yeah. local legend thing and it's it's funny because so many people do it that they actually like wear consistently wear holes in the floor and it has to be replaced. And I think if you like if you look it up, you can find that kind of stuff um, online and see people doing it like it's it's just kind of funny. But then we went and saw the castle um, and the, what was the name of it? Castle uh, Seforzesco, right? Something yeah. like that. No, I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a massive, like, massive, huge castle that we got a tour of and got to see, which was really cool. Like, I was just overwhelmed by the size of it. Like, it, it was something else. Uh, and then the tour ended with uh, you go to the chapel where the Last Supper is. Yeah. And that was something really cool in and of itself. Yeah. People, I feel like people have different opinions about the Last Supper. Like some people think it's more amazing than they expected. Some people are a little let down by it. Um, I had just had a coworker um, that had, was telling me about it and talking about how um, it's inside a room. It it stands by itself. It's not like in some kind of museum with all these other paintings. And in my head, I'd always imagined that it was on a canvas right. framed That's what I thought. in a huge museum. And so, but then you realize, oh no, like the Last Supper stands alone and it's on the wall of a chapel. Yeah. A tiny chapel that's not that impressive. 
Right. It's not like it's not like the Sistine Chapel or something like right. that with everything else around it. It's this small chapel and it's there and it's it's huge. Like it's painted across the entire wall, which I didn't realize like the size of it. Oh yeah. Too true. like um was so like so impressive and they like our tour guide was great about walking us through it and through all the like the symbolism like through each like each apostle at the table and like the symbolism of what's going on with them and what's around it and you got time to just sit and reflect and you walk into this chapel and and it's kind of a dark chapel where it's lit and it's one wall it's a whole wall and they've got benches set up there and people just kind of sit and and take it in Mm -hmm. and it's just so it's incredible and the story behind it to know that like at one point french soldiers were staying in there and were like shooting at the apostles basically at one point someone decides they need a door to go through that wall and like cuts a door into like the bottom part of it. And you can, you can still see where the door was that like the bottom third of the middle of this masterpiece is gone. Middle of the last supper. Yeah. Somebody cut a door into it. I feel like I'd never heard that story before. No. And it blew my mind. And you just think about who that person was and, like how stupid they'd feel later. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like who signed off on cutting a door into the masterpiece? Right. You can walk around. You're walking around. Like that's the it's... deal. Oh man. That's it. Uh, but and then they like they have pictures of the way they preserved it during uh, some bombings in World War II. That they had that like stacked sandbags over it and, yeah. and things like that. And they go into how they restore it, kind of systematically and. It was it was incredible. Yeah, it's one of those things that that I was like, well, we're here. We may not come back to Milan, so like we should probably go see it. But I was so glad that we did. So glad that we that we went ahead and took that walking tour of not only like the Duomo and the gallery and the castle, but like the Last Supper. And you have to get tickets to it, and they're like they're timed. So if you do it as part of a tour, like they kind of work all that stuff out for you, yeah, uh, which is really convenient. But it was it was incredible. Yeah, and it can be really hard to get reservations to the Last Supper too, because yes. um, I think it's like a certain time of month that the tickets go on sale, and you know you've got to you know do a mad dash to get them. Then um, so there is a lot of planning that has to go into it if you actually want to see the Last Supper, but. I feel like it's highly recommended. It really um, surprised me just so many elements about it. Um, The fact that it's more of a building, it's a mural on a wall, Mm -hmm. um, I thought was really fascinating. And so to preserve the painting, you have to preserve the building itself, um, which is really just kind of fascinating. And um, overall, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. And it it is hard to get those tickets, but it being hard to get those tickets means that when you do get to see it, your experience is so much better because mm-hmm. it's not just this like cattle herd going through. It's you with like a smaller group and you get to spend time in there and really see it and look at it. And it makes it that much more special in my mind. Yeah. 
Definitely. And um, and that was kind of that kind of wrapped up our time in yeah. Milan. It was a real fast trip, um, just 24 hours there in Milan. And then we were jumping on a train and headed through Tuscany yeah. um, to Rome. Um, another instance in which I got a real good nap in and <laughs> really regretted that later. You told me about how beautiful Tuscany was, and I was a little bummed about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you know, sleeping on a train. That's part of the story. It's the That's real life. Um, but uh, you guys should definitely tune in next week to hear about Rome, though. There's so much uh, to say about it. And, um, and then after that, we actually have a whole episode on Vatican City. Um, uh, just because it really yeah. deserves um, some standalone attention on its own, but um, but that, my friends, is mine. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Travel FOMO podcast. Uh, don't forget, we want to hear from you, your yeah. stories. Um, you can tell that uh, Saint Bartholomew Flayed and the Last Supper really impacted us. So, what what are some works of art that you have seen that have really moved you? Yeah. That have like made a difference. Like post on social media and tag us. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And that's where we'll be posting pictures of our own. Uh, yeah. We'll post those pictures that we took of St. Bartholomew. And uh, maybe we'll even sneak in Papa Francesco. <laughs> and uh, so you can find him and you can let him know for us that. We're coming back someday, and he better be ready. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, man. We actually literally did get some footage of Papa Francesco, and we were just so bummed. But we still—he was still so entertaining. We just had to grab some footage of our own. Yeah, I I still can't watch it without crying. (laughs) Well, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, help others find us. We can—you can do that by uh, taking some time to rate and review and subscribe to the Travel Film Podcast from wherever you're listening— And then you can also learn more about us at TravelFOMOPodcast.com. And next week, we're going to Rome. Can't miss that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Say no more. Life is short, guys. Wonder well. Wonder well.